Well, that's a joyful, optimistic gospel. Anybody else want to comment on that one? Not very exciting. Um, little footnote, it's Veterans Day, and I've always been struck by that, um, that connection, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, with what we do in the Mass, when our Lord says, do this in memory of me. Lest we forget those who laid down their lives, those who gave their time and talent and service of our nation, of our freedoms, lest we forget that God gave His only Son to do the very same thing, paying the ultimate price, price for the ultimate salvation, the ultimate freedom, the ultimate protection. So we, just, we are reminded, pray, pray, praying for those souls of our military and praying in thanksgiving for what God has done for us. Our Lord talks about the end times. He doesn't hide the fact that we need to be ready for those times. Any moment, we know neither the day nor the hour. We just need to be ready, vigilant, alert, watchful. I was even kind of distracted, but if you take that image of the temple, the days will come where not one stone will be left upon the other. Historically, he was accurate. He was talking about the temple of Jerusalem, and even today, to this day, it is the wailing wall is all that is left in Jerusalem of that temple. True to fact. Just what like he said. But I was also thinking that me and you are the temple of God. And is our Lord lamenting perhaps that if we haven't lived our lives on the right foundation, that the days will come where there's not one stone left upon another in our lives. All that He gave us, all that He used to build up the thing that is our life, the temple that is our life. The day may come where, since I didn't build it on a lasting foundation, it will all be gone and there will be nothing left. No eternity, no long-lasting thing that He wanted to have when He started building my life. We pray that our Lord will not have to lament that waste of the time, talent, treasure that was given to each one of us. But that is the theme of, of the end of the year. Like we said last, year, last week, it's, it is a time to ponder these realities. And I would like to suggest maybe two attitudes that are appropriate for these end times to kind of renew our sense of these two attitudes. One is obviously gratitude, thanksgiving. Look back on the last 12 months of the year. What have I received? How many things have I been given? Blessings have been given. If the fact that if my house has been rebuilt, that's a really good thing. If my family is still with me, if I have these relationships and, and, and time to do more, it's a great thing to be thankful for. And the Mass, remember Eucharist, it is about thanksgiving. And like I kind of touched on before the Gloria, what if this were my last time to be able to thank God for what He's done in my life? Am I intentional about that? Is my fervor in Mass showing that I'm seriously grateful to Him for what I've received over these last 12 months of this year as it comes to an end? The other attitude besides Thanksgiving is maybe accountability. All that was invested in me, I'm held accountable. All that Jesus invested, the time, talent, treasure, what do I have to show for it? That's the idea of being responsible, right? I can respond to what I was given. Versus irresponsible or unaccountable. The problem we run into is, obviously, it's one thing to be thinking of, of, of death. They say there, if you live in a first world, or if you're young, sometimes a pitfall is not to really think about the end things, to put them off. They always say there's two things are certain, right? What are they? Two things are certain, right? Death and taxes, right? We can think about taxes every single year, but we often don't think about 
the fact that our time is limited, that death is real as well. There's a lot of idealism in, in the sense of like, well, since the life expectancy is on average in our country 75 to 80, well, then I probably have that guaranteed, which is nonsense. But we're not exposed to it. We live in kind of an idealism of this world has infinite horizons. Compare that with a third world country, or when you're older, you become more appreciative of the little things you have, of the gift of life. In a third world country where starvation, disease, famine, wars, whatever, you realize every minute is a gift. You're not going to waste time. You're exposed to that truth, not only of taxes, if there are any in the third world country, but to death, which there is very much of. You're not living in any naivete. There's a lot less gray when time is short. There's a lot more black and white. Because you know right away what's important, what you'll miss when you don't have it tomorrow. You realize that you appreciate the person in front of you, because you might not have them tomorrow. You don't sit there and say, gosh, should I wear the pink dress today or the red dress? And take 20, 20 minutes thinking and wondering, what am I going to wear today? It doesn't matter at all. The fact that you have a day to live is amazing. Live it well. Your horizons are not infinite. They are finite. And you might be closer, you might have, what do you say, less in front of you than you may already have behind you. I always lose friends when I make this comparison, but it's like the four quarters of the football game, right? The first quarter, it's your ages 1 to 20, second quarter, ages 20 to 40, third quarter, 40 to 60, fourth quarter, 60 to 80. Sorry. But if you're in that bracket, you want to think well about your game. If you're in the fourth quarter, get serious. Third quarter, etc. If you're in the first quarter, don't waste time waiting. Well, well, there'll be a fourth quarter later, then I'll start playing. That's what the saints do. We don't want that. We don't want that. And our Lord is serious when He talks about things like He talks about them today. Imagine it's the end of the semester and you have exams coming up. Anybody can relate to that? Exams like a couple weeks ago? Yes, it's really frustrating. But it shouldn't be, but I guess it's real. That's where we are in our first world American country, maybe. But you've had weeks to think about the exam coming, to learn your stuff, to be so confident, walking into that exam, like, I'm going to ace this thing because I've studied for it every single night. Or, if you're like me, you get to the night before and you're like, oh, shoot. How did I do this? I hate exams. I hate my teacher. I hate my teacher. It's not my teacher's fault. I hate God. He's so not fair. It's not God's fault. He gave me plenty of time to prepare. Not just for an exam on math, but for the exam of my life. Because I'm going to be held accountable for it. And I have time now to take that very seriously. I was visiting a friend and family in Slidell that their son suddenly passed away in a car accident. It's that sudden. Why do we think we have so much time ahead of us. We don't. It's a time at the end of the year to realize that the treasure I have has a deadline. How did I spend it? 
Did I spend it on the right things? Where I look back and re resent, gosh, I wish I would have spent my money on better things, more lasting things. I wish I would have spent less time watching the news and more time making news, meaning changing the world, making an impact. Myself, not waiting for someone else to fix things. If I have the resources, what am I using them for? To buy a new dress? Sorry, I keep picking on dresses today, sorry. But whatever it is. The talent I've been given, right? You have a lot of talent, a lot of potential when you're younger, and then you get past the age of, I don't know, 40, and you can't play soccer or basketball the way you used to, or you get a, a charley horse after five minutes of playing, which stinks. But you don't have the talents you used to have. I wish I would have used those better while I still could. Wish I would have spent a lot less time sitting in front of the Xbox video game and actually using and enjoying the talents that I have, the real ones. I mean, there's always good time for Xbox, but not too much time compared to other things. I wish I would have enjoyed that talent while I still had it. There's time. Especially time with relationships, people. The more time I spend with screen time, right? Screen time means I'm wasting time not being with the people right in front of me. I'm with people who are maybe, whatever I'm doing, far away. But there are people right in front of me. My next door neighbor, my family, my, my, my spouses, my parents. Wish I would have spent less time being angry at my mom. Wish I would have spent less time disrespecting my dad or my spouse. Wish I would have spent less time wondering who was right in that argument we had two weeks ago. Because what's it worth? All that time and energy wasted. Think about the um, divine gifts that our Lord gave us. How many opportunities were offered for confession? Did I take even one of those opportunities? For Holy Eucharist, to be nourished on the heavenly food that helps we get through and endure the trials and difficulties and storms of this life, the attacks on my faith. Well, I lost every attack because I wasn't equipped. Well, get equipped. That's why we come. That's why we need Holy Communion. We need that nourishment. The gift of my faith. How did I handle that gift? Did I build it? Did I nourish it? And what was I reading? What podcast was I listening to to strengthen my faith, reinforce it, know the reasons for my faith, and ground it so that I do resist the doubts that come in a world full of cynicism and doubt? Our Lord says, I gave you not only the gift of faith, but resources to nourish it and you spend so much time listening to podcasts and things that undermine it. Why? Why would you waste it? You could have had such a bright light for those around you who didn't have direction, answers, a sense of God's love for them. And instead you poked a whole bunch of holes in it. Why? It's a huge gift not to waste. And again, gratitude and accountability. Thank you, God, for the gift of my faith. 
It's a lot for us to remember. We are beings in time. Which means that life is an adventure. You live on the edge of non-existence. In any moment, it could be over. Live it that way. It's a thrill to live. There's nothing boring about human life. If you realize what it is. And everything about you, everything around you, every reality is a reality that is passing into nothing. And again, I might have less and less in front of me as it passes me by and there's more behind me. I'll skip Cinderella. But anyway, um, you want Cinderella? I just imagined Cinderella. Like, imagine the story if she had... Sorry, we're going to another three minutes with this one. But imagine Cinderella gets to the ball in her beautiful dress and her gown. And she's there, and right away she targets... Okay, there's Prince Charming. Got him. And that's, that's the one. All right, I see him. Let me go talk. Oh, wait, no. He might... What if he doesn't like me? And what are they going to... No, they might take me back. I'm going to go hang out over the, at the bar for a little... Let me have... I just need a drink first. Maybe two. Hang out with my, my friend. There's this, this other lady there in her dress, and my dress is prettier than her dress. So I like sitting here because I feel good. And there goes the first hour, second hour. Now, uh, not yet, not yet. Not, not the time, it's not time yet. Finally, she gets the courage to go up and get over her vanity, get over her fears, get over her insecurities. <laughs> Prince Charming, hi. I'm, and the bell rings. The bell tolls, and it's midnight. She wasted it. For what? What fears? What vanity? What insecurity? And she lost everything. And the pumpkin hour hit, and she's, whatever. Sorry, that was my Cinderella distraction. Anyway, but it's real because the clock is ticking. We don't know when it's going to toll. The good news, Father, is that it's only November. It's not the end of the world, it's only the end of the year. Again, that first world presumption, right? We think January is going to come. So let's live that way and appreciate the gifts of this past year. But that's the whole concept of New Year's resolutions is you realize, I'm going to change the way I've been living. I'm going to appreciate things differently. I'm going to hold myself more accountable for the gifts that were invested in me. And it's interesting, I was struck that you then have, because I think a New Year's resolution, like tomorrow, I'm going to lose 50 pounds and go on a diet. Good luck with that. But if you have four weeks of Advent to prepare and form just one habit for four weeks of Advent, which is what, a week and a half away, two weeks away? Four weeks to get ready so that at the end of December, you actually have a real resolution that's going to last the next 12 months. Kind of interesting that the church gave us that gift of four weeks to start building up towards a real and lasting resolution. So that when the time comes, I'm ready for it. Whoever endures to the end, by your endurance, you will save your lives. We simply ask the Holy Spirit to renew in us that awareness of reality. That's why they always show this time of year, they show the movie The Christmas Carol. That's Ebenezer Scrooge. That's his lesson, right? You wasted so much. You have nothing to show for it and everything to lose now. And he's starting at the end of the movie, I'll change. It's still time to change. May we use this gift of time. May we use better the gifts of our talents, our faith, our treasure, to make the difference we're here to make while we still can.
to love one another better, to love our Lord better, right? What's the meaning of life? What's the first commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Do it better. Do it fully. And make it the center of everything you do. Amen? Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, pray for us.